My mom had sent me to therapist. I had started cutting myself. I was on max doses of antidepressants and antipsychotics. I mean, I hated everyone and everything. I didn't want to go through life anymore. I wanted to die. Real life starts now. This is Real Life Radio Show with On Leg. I felt alone. I felt lost. I felt scared. Real stories. I was so desperate in living such a dark and callous life. Real people. I was thinking there was no purpose for my life. There's no reason for me to be here. Real problems. I told my dad, if you try to take these drugs, I'm going to kill you. One solution, God. Hope is a person, and his name is Jesus. And now your host, On Leg. Hi, this is Evangelist Don Lay. Welcome to the Real Life Radio Show. And we're going to talk about real people who had real problems but found answers in a real God. Today, we're going to talk about the reality of being tormented by tormenting negative thoughts that can be from trauma from our past. I mean, how does someone get set free from this? And can Jesus and faith in Christ help with this? Today, we're going to have Ariel Fluno with us, who was sexually abused by her father when she was younger, and most of her life, she grew up with tormenting thoughts that she could not escape from. Ariel, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, Ariel, so good to have you. Now, before we get talking about your experience with those tormenting thoughts, I understand you grew up being sexually abused by your father. That must have been horrible. Yep. So I was three when it started. I didn't know right from wrong at that age, but I definitely knew I didn't like what was happening. I wasn't allowed to tell my mom about it. Mm. And so I remember everything very clearly. You know, I remember every detail of the room. The only thing I don't really remember was his face. And there was always kind of something to that, you know, disassociating myself from the situation. Mm. But I knew I wasn't allowed to tell my mom. I knew it was wrong. I ended up telling a Sunday school teacher what was going on, and her father was a police officer, and he ended up opening up an investigation towards my family, and he was in prison not too long after that. Oh, gosh. That is such a traumatic background to be raised in. But something really bad started happening while your dad was in prison, right? Like you were so traumatized that you actually started seeing dark figures in your room at night as a child. Tell us about that. Yep. One night I just kind of woke up. I was on the top bunk of my bed and my brother was on the bottom bunk. And I remember trying to get him to wake up and he wouldn't. And my mom had told me if I was ever scared to just look in my closet and under the bed and everywhere, just so I would see that nothing was there and I wouldn't be afraid anymore. And that night I did, I got out of bed and I started looking around the room. And when I finally looked under my bed, I saw a dark figure of a man kind of laying down like his head where my head would have been and his feet like in my face. And I ran up into my bed and pulled the covers of my head and I ended up waking up later that night and I felt something putting its hands on my back. Mm. And so that was the first experience I'd had. My mom told me afterwards that God would protect me from these things, but it didn't stop. The torment continued almost every night. Oh, I remember you telling me as you got older, you still had a lot of torment in your mind. So much that your mom had to send you to therapists, right? So my mom had sent me to therapist. I had started cutting myself. I wanted to Mm. die. I didn't want to go through life anymore. I was on max doses of antidepressants and antipsychotics. You know, as soon as it would stop working, they'd up the dose. And, you know, I had been on all that stuff for about seven years and remember thinking, like, this isn't helping. Like, I've had so many medications. This isn't helping. Mm. And I wanted to just end it all. When I cut, I wouldn't want to do it. I wouldn't enjoy doing it. I just kind of watch myself doing it and not want to be doing it. I felt really out of control. Wow. You know, to think that medication 
would help, but the torment only continued. I understand you try to self-medicate with drugs, alcohol, dating men to try to escape the thoughts and torment, but nothing worked. So you tried killing yourself because you felt like you hated your life and thought you could never have a normal life. Tell us about that. Yeah. (laughs) So, I mean, I hated everyone and everything. If I saw people happy, I just wanted to smack them. I hated everything. Uh, I was filled with hate. Mm. And so I had some suicide attempts that failed. And I remember one day just being in my room praying and I'd say, God, you know, why am I still experiencing this? Like I tell these things to go and they don't listen. And Mm. I don't understand why you're allowing me to be tormented. And a picture of Jesus came to my mind. And it all kind of clicked right in that moment that he was who he said he was. He was the son of God. And I'd been preaching against him (laughs) and that he was the key to having victory and life. And at that moment, it's almost like you don't know how dirty you are until you take a shower. I felt the weight of the world lift off of me and I felt light and love pour into me. I can honestly say it's the first time in my life I felt love and peace. Wow. Now, many people would say that they would believe for the antidepressants and the antipsychotics should work. But this time, we're hearing how faith has truly set you free from these tormenting thoughts in your life. So what happened after you accepted Christ into your life? I accepted Him into my heart and asked Him to take it all from me. (laughs) just gave Him my life. And when I accepted Jesus into my heart in that moment, I quit everything, all the antipsychotics, all the antidepressants, cold turkey, and I never had an issue. So Mm -hmm. I believe there's so much power in that. Like I was just rescued from it all. So how did things change for you after you accepted Christ into your life? Being in a state of death to a state of life. You know, I felt nothing but hate and terror and fear and worry and depression and anxiety and just awful. Just a constant state of decay physically and spiritually and mentally, like all of it, to just feeling life. My whole perspective changed. I saw everything differently. Um, Just being able to see life and feel life and love and light. Ariel, I think there are some people right now who might deal with tormenting thoughts at some level, but maybe they don't realize that there is something spiritual to it all and that maybe they need to consider the spiritual aspect of those tormenting thoughts. What would you say you learned about how to defeat those tormenting thoughts and experiences? Yeah, just knowing the significance of what Jesus really did for us and then knowing that we're in a spiritual battle and over time, I feel like the Lord's really led me to use His Word to in these battles, in these times of fear, declaring His Word over myself, my home, my life. You know, just recognizing that it's not from God. Like, those thoughts aren't from God. That's not what He believes about me. So just getting grounded and rooted in what the Bible says, what He says about me. A preacher I really respect and was listening to had made the comment that if it's a thought you have and it's not a thought you like or that you agree with, like you're made new, you've accepted Jesus in your heart, you can be sure that that's not your own do you know what I mean? Like, you don't like that. You can know that that's come from an enemy. Like, that's not me. Like, I don't want that. You know, I don't like that. <laughs> you can reject it. Yeah, exactly. Amazing that you found freedom from these thoughts in the name of Jesus and from the trauma you experienced from the sexual abuse. And I believe this is going to help someone else going through this. Call upon the name of Jesus, my friend, and start addressing the spiritual component of these issues of torment. Ariel, thank you so much for being on our show. Hold tight. Let's talk more about this right after the break. Hey, everyone. As an evangelist, I'm really into changing people's lives with a powerful message of the cross. Do you know people are getting set free from drugs, addictions, and internal anguish by the power of the Holy Spirit working through our show? 
Will you ask the Holy Spirit if He wants you to partner with us financially? Every donation will help us to reach 1 million more people. Think of it. 30 people giving $100 a month will bring this show in front of 1 million more people. Will you help me to get to one more city in the U.S.? You can give by going to awakenthenations.com. Real Life Radio is a ministry of Awakening the Nations, a 501c3 nonprofit organization that depends on your donations. If you would like to find out more about Awakening the Nations or make a tax-deductible donation, please visit our website at awakeningthenations.com or call us at 877-480-4477. That's awakeningthenations.com or 877-480-4477. More Real Life starts now. Welcome back to the show where we're going to go deeper into what you just heard. So what do you think about this? You could be listening and be like, you know, how do we even know if there are demons? Is this just what people with mental illness see? Well, there may be delusions, but what Ariel was describing was more like a tormenting spirit of fear. Let me explain. First of all, yes, there are demons. The Bible states that demons are fallen angels that followed Satan during the rebellion. They no longer have their angelic nature as they did before, but they've suffered the fall of sin and they've been transformed by that sin into agents of fear, anger, wrath, deception, you name it. They take on the very form of sin rather than the form of heaven that they had before. The way they were originally created, they're completely like transfigured. When Jesus came, he encountered these spirits or these demons, and he demonstrated the power to push them out by something called the finger of God. In Matthew chapter 8, 16, it says, When evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were sick. See, Jesus, in many accounts, was able to cast out evil spirits with just a word. What kind of authority was in Jesus or power? Or should I say, what kind of authority and power is in the name of Jesus? I can tell you. I've been on many gospel campaigns myself, and sometimes we encountered those who were inhabited with evil spirits. They were tormented by evil spirits. And we were able to cast them out in Jesus' name. And it was quite a reaction, honestly. It was like something was coming out of them, and they were convulsing and all types of things like that. And honestly, it was very surprising to me because I'm a molecular biologist, an American. I tried to reason during this time that I was just seeing and experiencing, you know, something else. But I knew in my spirit, these people are really demon-possessed and these things are coming out of them as I'm praying in the name of Jesus. All I can say is that demonic spirits are real and that Jesus pushes them out. Just as light naturally pushes out darkness, Jesus has the ability to wreak havoc on demons and they are scared of him. Matthew chapter 8, verses 28 through 29, it says, And when he had come to the other side, to the country of the Gergesenes, there met him two demon-possessed men coming out of the tombs, exceedingly fierce, so that no one could pass that way. And they suddenly cried out, saying, What have we to do with you, Jesus, the Son of God? Have you come here to torment us before that time? As you can see, the demon's posture and attitudes towards Jesus is one of fear. Demons are housed with fear because God has declared a time of eternal judgment and torture for them. And they know that God is all-powerful. And interestingly, Ariel was always tormented with fear, the very characteristic that demons live in. If you're one who's dealing with intense fear, or you've experienced something like Ariel, I want to pray for you. 
The Bible says that perfect love casts out fear. So when you bring Jesus into your life and you allow him to come in, he will drive out all darkness. So right now, in the name of Jesus, I'm praying for the person who is somehow being tormented. Maybe someone's being tormented by these dreams that they always see this spirit or this man or this woman or this figure that is chasing them and they're haunted by this or the person, Lord God, who is maybe even seeing these things and doctors can't even figure it out. Right now, in the mighty name of Jesus, I rebuke all power of devils and demons in Jesus' name. We rebuke the power of Satan. We say, be loosed from that person right now in Jesus' name, and we command all demonic spirits to go in the mighty name of Jesus. I'm praying over my friend who's dealing with this. I'm praying over their dreams. I'm praying over their life. I pray, Lord God, that you would cover them by the blood of Jesus. And right now, friend, if you're dealing with this, you got to get the light in so that darkness is driven out. So Jesus, we receive you. You are the light of the world. We receive your presence. We receive your power. And we receive that relationship with you in Jesus' mighty name. I hope you were blessed by this testimony. And I know that your life was touched. Did you know we have a Facebook page? Just search for Real Life Radio Show on Facebook and find out more about Real Life Radio guests, schedules, and events. That's Real Life Radio Show. See you next time.